0: Hollywood Live Extra with Tanya Hart. You're listening to Hollywood Live Extra. I'm Tanya Hart. You know what? May is Mental Health Month. The good news, it's no longer a stigma to talk about it. The bad news is a lot of people are suffering from some mental health issue and not dealing with it. But that's why we have New York Times best-selling author Ruth Sukup with us this morning. She's dedicated to helping women overcome fear and create a life they love through her blog, Living Well, Spending Life and it reaches more than 1 million women each month. She's encouraging re- she's encouraging readers to follow their dreams and to reach their goals and we're glad you're here with us. Good morning Ruth.
1: Good morning, thanks so much for having me here.
0: Absolutely. Well, you know, it's probably afternoon someplace in the world where people are listening to this, so I always have to say good morning and good afternoon to all of our listeners and good evening, too. You never, you just never know. You know people are picking up podcast all different times. Let's talk about the whole idea of May being Mental Health Awareness Month. Why is that even so important to call a month out like this at this point in time?
1: You know, I think anytime we can shine light on subjects that we've been afraid to talk about or reluctant to talk about, I think that there's nothing but positive things that can come out of that. I know for myself, I've definitely experienced experienced depression, and I have a history of, history of depression. I attempted suicide multiple times in my early 20s and went through a really long battle that then after I recovered, I was really ashamed to talk about. It became sort of this dirty secret that I didn't want anybody to know. You know, once I had put my life back Night. together and remarried and, and had a couple of kids and, and sort of had this nice facade of having everything all together, I didn't want to go back there. And yet I found that since I have been willing to talk about that, it's been able to offer so much help and encouragement to people who are going through that. And so the more we can shine the light on that, I think the better off
0: we are. Well, let's talk about that, because as we know, suicide has risen. I, I, I can't even I don't know the number. I'm sure you probably do more so than I do. But in especially in young people, what is it do you think in today? Today's world—it's actually causing people—and even with you, Ruth, what was it that depression? I know gets really hard, but everybody thinks, "Well, you know, you're in your 20s; you have got your whole life ahead of you. Why are you so depressed? You want to take your life? What is it?"
1: You know, I certainly can't speak for for anyone else, but I think for me, I got to a point where I was in so much so much pain um, and and struggling so much with. With the darkness that I was experiencing, of feeling completely hopeless and and lost, and that the emotional pain was was so difficult to deal with, that it felt that that suicide felt like an easier option. And I think when you are at that point of, of darkness, it's hard for other people to understand that. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. it's also hard when you're in that place to 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 hold any hope. It feels so lost and so hopeless, and that's actually one of the reasons why. I, I do share my stories now and why I like talking, I mean, it's not, I don't like talk, I don't relish talking about it or, or going back there, but I do love the opportunity to offer hope to people who are feeling hopeless because I know that over and over when I was in that place that I, I used to say to my, to my doctors and the people who were trying to help me, how can you say I'm going to get better? How can you say there's any hope? How can you say I'll recover? when I never see anybody else getting better, once you're depressed, you're always depressed. It feels like Mm -hmm. a psychiatric hospital is a revolving door. You don't see people just rising above it. And now I get to be that person. And let me tell you, fighting back from that was, it took years and it was very difficult. And, And it's something, you know, I talk, I share my whole story in my, in my book, do it scared, but it, it, took a long time, and yet now that I'm through that, and when I was in the midst of that, I could have never imagined I would have the life that I have now, but now that I'm through that, I can Mm -hmm. be the person who stands here on the other side saying, even if you can't hold the hope for yourself, let me hold that hope for you, that there is something more out there, even if you can't see it right now.
0: So do you think that in your instance, because that's what you're really talking about here, what was the turning point where that darkness, because you're right, people who aren't like that or who aren't depressed or who aren't suicidal just really have a hard time even imagining what kind of place you are in your mind. Because as my grandmother used to say, baby, wake up in your right mind in the morning, okay? I didn't understand what she was talking about when I was a little girl. Now I do. It's very important. If you wake up with your mind in a dark place, that's where your whole day is going to go. So when you're battling that, what was the turning point for you? You know, like a lot of people say, if you're an alcoholic, there's like you you hit that bottom. And that's when you turn your life around for depression and people who are suicidal. What is that bottom?
1: You know, I think it's a little bit different for everyone. And honestly, I did, I did hit a point of rock bottom. But I also want to clarify that there was not a like one turning point that I can point to that said like this was my aha moment. It didn't magically, mm-hmm. my life did not magically get better. I didn't go to the
0: mm-hmm. depth of
1: depression and then in, immediately like turn off the switch and oh my gosh, I'm I'm great now. Like this is now I feel better. It doesn't work that way. It's a hard work to recover from depression, and that was "do it, scared." Actually, became my mantra during that time. I think the first thing that helped me um, when I was at that rock bottom place, and it literally to a point where I just was laying in bed all day, and I had I'd gone to live with my dad. I, you know, at that point I was divorced, I was bankrupt, I had alienated pretty much anyone who had ever cared about me because depressed people are not great to be around. And I don't think, Mm -hmm. honestly, my dad even wanted me, but he couldn't turn me away either. And um, I was just laying in bed, and and he convinced me, begged me, and pleaded with me and said, please, 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 will you just do one thing for me and just go to the gym three times a week and walk on the treadmill for half an hour. Three times a week, that's all I ask. If you want to stay here, like that's what you need to do. And mm-hmm. so that's what I did. And it was that taking that first step that was literally putting one foot in front of the other. That was just enough of something that it gave me the courage to take the next step, which then for me was calling a new, finding a new therapist and saying I've just spent the last two and a half years talking about every bad thing that's ever happened to me, trying every medication out there. No, nothing has worked. I don't even know how to live and I just need help with living Hmm. and that was exactly what she helped me do just to take to do the simplest things first it was going to the grocery store again and then it was getting a part-time job and then it was getting a full-time job and then it was moving into my own apartment again and going back to school and slowly one very tiny step at a time and even though I was scared even though I was terrified it was taking each step one step at a time. And I think, you know, then fast forward many years, I remarried, I have two amazing kids, and I ended up starting this business that has now grown into this multi-million dollar company. But when I look at the parallels between conquering depression and building my business, it's been the exact same thing. It has been one tiny step at a time.
0: Hmm. Interesting. You know, it's so just amazing how people get from one point of life to the next point in life. And I know you focus a lot on women. And I, you know, being a woman myself, I realize how difficult it is being a woman in America. Uh, being an African-American woman is really tough in America. But all that said, is there something that women need to kind of focus on? Because you know, even though a lot of women don't consider themselves mentally ill, uh, there are just so many issues that we have that can keep us from being our best selves. What do you say to women like that?
1: Yes, absolutely. In fact, that was really what inspired me to write this book, Do It Scared, is that in my own community, which is, you know, my audience is probably about 90% women, I I talk a lot about going after your goals and dreams. I help people build their own successful online businesses. And the this common theme that kept coming up again and again and again was women saying things like, I, I feel like I'm sitting on the sidelines of my own life, or I feel like I've spent so much time taking care of everyone else that I don't know how to move forward. I feel like I'm stuck. I feel like I'm so afraid to go after my goals and dreams wholeheartedly. And it was, it was again and again, I kept hearing those same things, and it made me so curious to understand what is holding us back? And, you know, we don't always call it fear. Sometimes we call it anxiety. Sometimes we call it feeling stuck. Sometimes we call it depression. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we just call it feeling completely overwhelmed. But at the heart of it all, there's this fear. And it made me want to know, you know, is fear universal? Does it look the same for all of us? And most importantly, what can we do about it? And so that's where I started asking questions, which ended up snowballing into this, amazing survey where we, we studied over 4,000 women, we asked so many questions about the role of fear in their lives, and ended up with so much data that I had to hire a whole team of researchers to help um, go through it all, And but what at the end of it all, what we discovered was really incredible, and that is that, you know, A, we all do experience fear in some way, but not all fear is created equal, and the way that our unique fear is manifesting for ourselves is is the thing that is holding us back it looks differently it actually there are some very distinct patterns we call these the seven fear archetypes of the way that Mm -hmm. plays out in our lives but how your fear impacts you is different than how someone else's fear impacts them and the reason why that matters and back to your question of what can we do about it the reason why this is so important and so helpful is that so often so much of this fear happens subconsciously it happens behind the scenes without even knowing what what it is and
0: right and
1: so we just we don't experience it as fear we experience it as our truth our reality but as soon as you can actually identify it and put a label on it and start to see those patterns happening in your life as soon as you can take them from happening subconsciously to seeing where they are consciously holding you back hmm. that. Is the powers that you have, then you can
0: start to do something about it. And do something radical. about it, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Radical. Just want to let our uh, audience know that you're listening to Hollywood Live Extra. I'm Tanya Hart. My guest today is uh, author Ruth Sukup, who uh, has authored a book and actually comes out today. Uh, it's called "Do It Scared: Finding the Courage to Face Your Fears, Overcome Adversity, and Create a Life." you love. Ruth, you know, you do talk about these the seven fears um, that you kind of categorize them. The procrastinator, the rule follower, the people pleaser, the outcast, the self-doubter, the excuse maker, and the pessimist. Boy, I know a lot of people like that. Now that that you've kind of laid it out like that, it's like, oh, that's a lot of people that we all know. So just looking at those kinds of things, and, and I know you've got to wrap it up because you're on a book tour here, and you're moving on today. But, But what would you say is the most important thing that a person can do when they are really feeling like, I cannot make it another, forget another day, I can't make it another hour. What's the first thing they should do?
1: You know, the first thing I would do is if if this is something that is prevalently affecting your life, which it pretty much is for all of us, the first step is getting the diagnosis, right? so it's mm-hmm. like when you go to the doctor because you don't feel good you need to have a diagnosis and we actually have an assessment that you can take to discover your fear archetype which you can find at doitscared.com and it's so we what i have seen happen since we've had now almost 15,000 people take the take this assessment is that the instant insight that people get when they can all of a sudden look at this look at the characteristics of how fear is manifesting in their life, and all of a sudden have that aha moment and go, "Oh my gosh, I, I thought this was just me. Now I see that this is how fear has been playing out in my life. It's like almost this, like instant realization that in power to do that. You have the power to do something about it, and it changes everything. So, mm-hmm. if you want to do one quick thing, I would say take the assessment, and then from there. My best advice for anyone who is struggling is to, to take a step. To just take one, one, the smallest possible step, even if it is literally walking on the treadmill for 30 minutes and, and giving right. yourself that, or going for a walk. Do something. Do one small thing. You don't have to have it all figured out, but let that small thing be the catalyst for change that then gives you the courage to take the next
0: step. Well, you certainly have been that. Uh, Congratulations on your success of changing and turning your life around and really helping others do that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. You're listening to Hollywood Live Extra. I'm Tanya Hart. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, don't forget to subscribe to SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. Make sure you download all of these because you don't want to miss any of them. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review. I'm Tanya Hart. This is Hollywood Live Extra on AURN.com. Hollywood Live Extra, a product of American Urban Radio Networks.